Welcome to A Night's Respite, the podcast where Sir Lao and St. Godric take a break from their duties as knights to share their passion for LARPing and Renaissance festivals. Join us as we explore the world of medieval reenactment, discuss the latest trends in LARPing, and share tips and tricks for making the most of your Renaissance festival experience. Whether you're a seasoned knight or a curious onlooker, A Night's Respite is the perfect place to discover the magic of medieval times. So grab your sword and shield, and let's embark on this journey together. This is a night's respite. Hello, friends. Welcome to this fourth episode of the Night's Respite podcast. I'm Sir Lao Tzu, and this is Sir or Saint Godric. How are you doing today, bud? Yeah, get it right. <laughs> I'm doing good. You yourself? I'm doing all right. Just hanging around, trying not to do too much work. That That's always a problem i'm mm. working from home right now so it's so easy just to i mean it's the computer next to me i can just be like Oop, work <laughs> mm-hmm. um so trying to be a little bit more casual um and spend some more time out in the wood shop nice so i'm i'm kind of in the opposite boat i uh new job and so i've been spending more and more time in the office and i need to cut back mm-hmm. on that uh we, we were just talking off screen uh, i moved probably five months ago ish and i haven't really been able to get settled in a local larping group uh just because of everything been going on but last sunday i uh, was able to go out to park and it was a dag bell park and was able to play we had eight people show up and it was we fought indoors so it was great because it was 12 (laughs) degrees outside um, but we're able to fight for like five hours and man it felt so good to be back out there but my elbows like my tendonitis Mm -hmm. my knee everything was popping so bad but i I was having a blast yeah i'm actually fighting that right now with with climbing is is really bad tennis elbow um Mm. which i haven't had actually in a long time (laughs) it wasn't until like being really competitive competitive and battle games playing like throwy assassin just sitting there and throwing nonstop. So I don't know, not great to have the tennis elbow back, but it's good to kind of have that physicality as well. Mm -hmm. Man, I, um, when I got here right before I moved, actually, I started going to a uh, Mm -hmm. physical therapist and massage therapist specifically for my tendonitis Mm -hmm. and my elbows. And now it took a while, took about six months, but now it's not like, my elbows don't scream at me every time I pick up a stick and I've got exercises to do while I'm fighting like in between rounds and man it so our topic for today is what should you be doing in the off season (laughs) I was like man we'll get into a segue eventually like I was about to fix 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 yourself during the off season if you get hurt do all the the physical therapy do all the stuff mm-hmm. that you need to do to get yourself prepped to go yeah, back actually, in no that actually sounds really good like i would love to get a massage therapist something like that because i know that my body is just so tense and so many knots and things like that i've only gone to one mm. before and it was a life-changing experience it was honestly a back alley kind of kind of guy i was uh working at a conference that had it was somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people at the conference and we were part of the staff and mm. running back and forth nonstop working for a whole week. And some guy just popped up into our little, like little staging area with a massage chair and said, Hey, you guys probably need this. Don't you didn't know him <laughs> just <laughs> had a massage chair. And we we're like, yes, please. Oh man. It, it it was like I said, it was life changing. Like they threw my back out and it was still one of the best experiences of my life. <laughs> mm. 
See, I'm the opposite. I go at least mm-hmm. once a month and I generally will plan my schedules. I'll hit probably nine to 10 weekend camping events or longer yeah. throughout this year. And I always schedule the Monday after the event. I go and I get a massage to just kind of, I take the day off work, give me yeah. a rest day, dude, I'm getting older and I've got to, I've got to prep myself to be able at one or when I get back just to make sure that oh, everything yeah. is good to go. Daytime. And I would do unspeakable things for a jacuzzi in my house. Like, <laughs> gosh, that would be so nice, but I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe I'll make that as a goal here in the off season, kind of what we're talking about, um, to kind of get ready for the year, get like rebuild yourself, rebuild your, both your physical and mental Mm -hmm. game and, um, your equipment as well. Um, so yeah, that, that might be a good kind of idea is like, so what do you think we should be doing right now in this winter kind of mm. off seasons, definitely more winter for you than it is for me, but in this off season to prepare mm-hmm. for whenever things get a little bit more active, like in the spring and summer. Yeah, absolutely. And depending on what game you're playing, you might have more or less off season <laughs> or off time. Uh, some games, for instance, are just seasonal games where you play four like events a year and that's it. So you've got three months of downtime in between games. Uh, some of your games might take a break during the wintertime. A lot of Dag Bell parks do this and then they'll do a season opener in the spring. Uh, your park might be going all winter, but then you cut down to once a month instead of once a week. Yeah. Yada, yada. So for me, the thing I use the off season for the most is to repair mm-hmm. all of my gear. I like, I know when I'm done, I don't wait too terribly long in the off season. I get all of my swords out. I take all the covers off. Mm-hmm. I inspect everything, make sure everything is good to go. I pull out all my garb. I'll wash all my garb too. And then I kind of, I hang it up in the closet behind me or I have totes mm-hmm. and stuff. So that way I know it's clean. If I need to pull it out for mm-hmm. a video or whatever, I don't have to worry about mud in two months or whatever. And I, make notes of all the gear and garb that I need to fix all the swords mm-hmm. I need to fix. And then I take a note of, Ooh, I could really use yeah. blank for next year, whether that's a new shield or a new pole arm or a new whatever. And then I can start thinking in my mind, do I want to create it? Do I want to buy it mm-hmm. and start, you know, going through that workflow? What about you? Uh, that's good. So I've never done a whole lot of downtime. Like I always try pretty hard to mm. go, non-stop through the winter but kind of what i mentioned in kind of last week's podcast is i'm taking a little bit of a break right now and um right now i'm actually doing a lot of i guess i'm not gonna say consolidating but kind of like Mm. not even like ranking which ones i like the most but like figuring out what my kind of normal kit is and what I want it to be and where there are holes. Like, what do I like to bring? What do I not want to haul around anymore? And um, figuring out the best way to kind of transport that. Like, I've been doing a lot of more on organization, mm-hmm. like having different totes and different things just to kind of be a big quality of life um, uh, plus when it comes to the gangs especially with me who deals with a lot of ammunition, whether it's thrown weapons or arrows, like it's just a pain to have a bunch of loose stuff everywhere. So mm-hmm. like doing a little bit of kind of that organization and figuring out which things I actually want to, to bring around and which like weapon sets or um, camping gear, I feel like is a good uh, value add to my experience in these games. So that's as far as like gear and things go, that's probably my biggest thing. Um, Mm. and probably looking 
a need to look into, especially being in a different climate, um, where my gap in garb is. Uh, I definitely have mm. a lot of really nice winter garb and, and heavier stuff, and that's just not going to be applicable out here in the desert. Um, like if I put a gambeson on in the summer, like I'm just going to fall over then and there. Mm-hmm. That's that's the end of the story, man. <laughs> um, so yep. figure out where those. That's kind of how are. I am too, dude. Yeah, I've got, over. I've got so I've got so much winter mm-hmm. garb that I only get to wear for like two yep. months out of the year, and then it just sits in a closet the rest of the year. But I love my winter garb, man. It's the yeah, furs, it's, it's the like all the big layers and the wool, and like I mm-hmm. like it. I love my but, winter I mean, garb. Now it's kind of like shopping, uh, like winter coat sales in the beginning of spring. Like you just, it's easier to mm. like get the the couple seasons ahead of kind of what's going on with your garb and things like that. Um, and now's now's the time mm-hmm. for it. Whenever things are a little bit slower for a lot of people, is to kind of see. Oh, I really couldn't use some new summer tunics. Whether you make it yourself or commission mm-hmm. them, like instead of trying to get more tunics in the summer whenever you need them you're getting ahead of the game now and it's like oh yeah i don't need this for a couple of months mm-hmm. um let me pay my garber all the money up front and say hey a couple months from now instead of just like asap um which they will love that yep. <laughs> and usually end up being a better piece if they're a lot happier with uh actually working mm-hmm. and not feeling rushed um so yeah that, that's generally kind of my biggest um stuff going on right now mm-hmm. like i have a lot of new gear so there's not a ton of maintenance i did have to go through like a lot of my arrowheads to make sure that they're safe and mm-hmm. that should be a consistent not even just an off-season thing but check your your ammunition to make sure that they're always going to be safe and not deteriorating um but the a lot of the gear i have yeah i guess i have taken apart a couple sticks um I had a, a pretty long pole arm that was bamboo um, and realized like near the handle, there's a small split. So I ended up just getting rid of that bamboo, got new foam and kind of replaced mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, a hint for all y'all out there who are kind of looking at this t- seasonal garb, trying to figure out a couple of seasons ahead, that type of thing. Uh, a, a thing that worked for me is I found, I pulled out like an old school globe and I found my climate. And then I essentially just drew a line around the globe mm-hmm. to see what other cultures potentially would be mm-hmm. the same temperature as us. Because like for me, I have an Anglo-Saxon kit and I have a Mongolian mm-hmm. kit, both of which exist in climates that are going to be much colder for much longer points of the year than what where I exist. And so I spent all this time and gear on this cool garb mm-hmm. from cultures that I just, you know, but if I take a look where I'm at, you know, in Indiana, Ohio, run it around. Oh, that's Mediterranean, right? That's that's mm-hmm. Middle Eastern. That's Southern China. Right. And then you can start to look at mm-hmm. those cultures for some ideas based on just purely based on yeah. temperature we, and stuff yeah. like that. Even if just, it's just material. Yeah. Like hint. if you want to keep the same like mm-hmm. Anglo-Saxon style garb, but just use different materials and lighter weight materials that are used mm-hmm. in these different areas can go a long way. Yeah, for sure, because you don't want to be in wool yeah, in the desert. Yeah, no joke. But if you switch to linen, that might be okay. Same mm-hmm. thing, just yeah, different for sure. material. So that's kind of getting into equipment. What are you doing right now to, mm. in terms of like what you're working on in, in skills-wise, whether that's fighting or mm. whether that's crafting or, or mm. leadership or whatnot? What are you doing to kind of prepare yourself for whenever things get back into to the thick of things? Yeah, for sure. So one of the big things that I've been doing the last couple of months is I'm trying to get into archery 
Um, and so I've, I've got myself all the equipment that I need for that. Um, and I've been practicing with that. And so what I do for that, even indoors, um, I kind of have a long hallway yeah. in my house that opens up into a, uh, my bathroom. And so I can open my door up and I have my shower mm-hmm. curtain. And so I've got, you know, a decent way that I can actually practice shooting into the shower curtain and it doesn't make much noise. It doesn't damage any walls mm-hmm. or anything Abby like that. that. And so uh, she's not a huge fan, so I do it when she's gone. <laughs> um, but I've been working a lot on just getting comfortable mm-hmm. with the bow because I'm not very good at it. Um, but then also working on um, being able to draw quicker and not have to look at it while I'm, you know, I'm I'm practicing the the hard skills against stationary mm-hmm. targets. So that way, by the time spring rolls around, I don't bumble like an idiot trying to shoot moving oh, targets. Yeah, big time. And- <laughs> Speaking that kind of practice now is just an absolutely perfect time for people to be working on pelling or working on very specific skills that they have the opportunity to be fighting inside. Um, like, I know that you've always had like the church you work at and um, there's a lot of people that have bigger garages and things like that. But mm-hmm. if you can get this indoor space, if you, especially if you're in a cold climate and just fight and work on individual skills, whether that's working on specific wraps or, or certain blocks or mm-hmm. working on your offhand um, with training partners that are dedicated to doing this exact same thing. You're not kind of focused in on the same, uh, or I guess distracted in a way like you might be at a normal Saturday or Sunday at park where there are battle games going on and there's other people wanting to talk and chat and hang out. If you're wanting to do a little bit more like mm-hmm. focused training, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. When I'm in the wintertime, I know that the the t- the amount of time that I'm going to get, like, hours-wise, and then just the, the overall opportunities to fight are lower. And so I have to make use of the times that I do have. And so, you know, I might go from fighting three times a week to only fighting three mm-hmm. times a month. And so I will go in. I do this. I try and do this anyway, but especially in the wintertime, I will pick a very specific skill set that I am working mm-hmm. on and training that day. And that way it's because, and there's no lollygagging there's no, like on any normal given park day, I might just, I'm going to go have fun and do some goofy thing for a little bit because I've got six hours mm-hmm. out of normal Saturday. Well, in the wintertime, I might have six hours mm-hmm. for the whole month. So I'm not, I'm working on the specific skill set mm-hmm. that At I least, want to yeah, work on. Like that um, much time in a group for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you can also practice at home too. Like what I was saying was shooting the, um, the, the shower curtain with bows. You can do the same thing with a punching mm-hmm. bag. You can do the same thing there. Uh, when, when, uh, Lao Tzu earlier said Pell, uh, that's kind of a term that mm-hmm. we use to practice your sword work against a stationary mm-hmm. target. Um, and I got bored with this <laughs> really quickly, but at the especially early on um it was very helpful and i still do it occasionally to get mechanics of a shot down if i'm trying to work a specific angle or i'm trying to get my body trained i'm taking two steps to the right as i'm throwing to the left and that feels awkward when i try it on the ditch field or playing Mm -hmm. a battle game i'll bring it home and i'll pell that thing 
three or four hundred times over mm-hmm. a couple of days to make sure that it just feels comfortable and it's actually mm-hmm. good. And that keeps everything sharp during the wintertime. And you can use that to kind of theory craft. Well, if I faint here and then throw this, ooh, that looks really yeah. good. Let me try that on the punching bag a hundred times and kind of yeah, see where and there's it goes. tons of videos out there for different pelling techniques mm-hmm. and I don't know training ideas and kind of the philosophy behind using a Pell, kind of this human mm-hmm. body uh, analogous object. So you can look on tons of different YouTube videos and I'm sure Godric could link one. I don't know mm-hmm. all this. Yep. We can put those, we can put Sounds those in great. the description. <laughs> Godric does all the uh, well, YouTube get, stuff. I'll... I'm just here to, to argue with them from time to time. <laughs> the probably the best the easiest and most effective for me that this is kind of what I, I tr- tell everybody who's getting used to it. We, it's the one through six okay. drill. So essentially take your punching bag and number going down the top, starting the top left. That's one uh, middle left is two yeah. like hip and then bottom left is three. And then you go up to the right five, four, yeah. mm-hmm. five, six, right? So imagine those, you can put them on there if you want mm-hmm. with tape or whatever, but imagine it. And then I'm going to throw shots where I'm going from one. And then my second shot is at one again. And then I'm going to go one, two, mm-hmm. and then one, three, one, f- and then work your way through and then do, then you're going to go two. Two one two yeah. two two, and essentially it is working on combos that are going to be in different sections yeah. of the body that are going to. It, it's super helpful. Do that, and then flip to your offhand, and do that, and then maybe do two sword. It's it's a workout, but it keeps it. It helps you go from one shot to another very quickly and fluidly. Yep. And control. it's a quick way to realize whether you're actually throwing safe shots as well. Like you're noticing mm-hmm. whenever you're throwing a couple hundred of these shots that your wrist is hurting, your elbows hurting. You might need to take the time and actually even videotape yourself and compare that to like different training videos to see is like, Oh, I'm putting too much torque on my elbow or too much torque on my wrist. So I'm throwing mm-hmm. an unsafe shot that is going to in the long term, kind of develop carpal tunnel or other different ailments that, uh, that is a very evident time and very good time to kind of work and iron mm-hmm. out those kinks. And I'm going to pause. This isn't on topic. I'm going to just use it as a soapbox, though, because I I, I eye rolled for 10 years about people saying their elbows Mm -hmm. and their wrist hurt. I eye rolled every time someone told me not to throw that shot because that little I'm a I'm a range fighter and I'm a flippy fighter. And so I'll do these little just at the end wrist flips and Mm -hmm. be able to do like and everyone told me for years, you're that's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt you. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then literally one day I turned 30, I roll over and my elbow is on Mm -hmm. fire. And I mean, it hurt so bad. Like take care of your body, right? When you, when we do these, these combat games over and over and over again, it's through the years, it will catch Mm -hmm. up with you. So if you listen, listen to the old farts who are telling you don't do that. Like I had, I think one of the worst ones when I was just starting, um, I made my grip (laughs) squishy. But that was a phase that was going around the foam games for a while where you use fun foam yeah. on your handles to make it squishier. Man, looking back on it, that was terrible for mm-hmm. my elbow because every time you go to impact, you're squeezing a little bit more. You need a fr- like little tips like that are going to 
go a long way. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And take this opportunity now, like kind of what we're saying to relate it back to the whole pelling things. Like you can see whenever your shot mm-hmm. mechanics are off, uh, like videotaping yourself. Yep. And li- I mean, listen, like if you're feeling if you, any sort of like discomfort after throwing the same thing a hundred, 200 times, mm-hmm. like you can really say, Oh, this isn't going to be great for the long term Cause in the lab, like in, in, in the, the the pell room mm-hmm. like you're you're throwing that under ideal conditions like what happens whenever your your feet aren't completely set super well or it's muddy or people are moving mm-hmm. around you're gonna, not gonna throw as clean as a shot so if you can't throw it cleanly like um in a zero interference environment then you might not but no exactly like you're gonna you. have some troubles <laughs> throwing that cleanly in real life sort of thing so that's the mm-hmm. time to really kind of hone in those fundamentals and those skills um, towards a little bit more second nature mm-hmm. and specifically focusing in on that kind of the safe body mechanics goes a long way. Yep. It does. And I think the off season is also a great time to, to focus on skills, not only mm-hmm. like combat skills, but I know downtime I'm, I've got, the four hours a weekend or whatever that I'm not going to be out mm-hmm. at park all the time. I have time to be able to use yeah. it here. I know for me as a, I'm a crafter, mm-hmm. you're a crafter. I use my off time as a for fun time to kind of explore secondary or tertiary yeah. crafts of mine. Um, I know just looking back historically through my time in, in LARPing, my main craft I did all year round because that's what I was competing for. That's what my, all my energy was at. But like, my the second stuff stuff i wanted to do just for fun that wasn't mm-hmm. for competitions a lot of that got done in the off season because yeah. i had more time yeah and um that i mean kind of speaking a little bit personally right now that's what i'm focusing in on like my main skill like um if you sit watch some of our previous episodes or listen to them uh you'll know that i do woodworking um did that mostly making mm. chests and people as gifts for the game, some wooden weapons, things here and there being out here and not really knowing all that mean people and not being part of like night ceremonies and, and gifts and things like that. I'm finally actually able to still practice my craft, but actually make something for myself. <laughs> like there is an order of magnitude, more furniture in my friend's house that, that I've made than are in my own. <laughs> Like it's pretty bad. And that kind of, for me, it's a little bit therapeutic. Like I'm still able to work on like my, my mm. own skill and still get better at the craft. Like just getting a masterhood is not an excuse to kind of stop that. But like for me, it is, um, it's, it's helping kind of with this burnout phase I'm in. It's like, all right, I'm able to do this thing that I enjoy, but it's not directly utilized in the game, but it's, it's something that I'm going to be able to have in my house and, and enjoy it sort of thing. So having mm-hmm. that different motivation can go a long way. And like, yeah, you can still work on this same skill set, or you could be doing something completely different, but like having a different mm-hmm. end goal and different focus, whenever there's a little bit more breathing room, I think that goes a long way. Like it goes a long way for just, I don't know, your general happiness kind of in your own space but it's also like great for your mental game. Um, just changing things up. It's getting out of your mm-hmm. own head. If you're focusing on tournaments and things like that, or kind of stuck in the crafting loop when it comes to like nightings and things like that, being able to take a little bit of time for yourself is, is great. Cause I mean, I don't know what, what is it saying? You can't fill someone else's cup unless yours is already full. So I was literally yep. about to go there too. <laughs> I was going to say there's a, a leadership, a leadership principle called leading from the mm-hmm. overflow 
And it's it's that idea that if you're not taking care of you, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, that if your cup is empty, you're never going to be able to pour into someone else's cup and, and yeah, help them. Um, and it's it's. Yeah. And so it's the same thing here, even if it's not a leadership type of thing, right? I'm not going to be able to enjoy and have fun in the game and help other people enjoy and have fun in the game unless I'm in a state where I want to do that. And if in bringing yourself, recharging your battery during Mm -hmm. the off season is a perfectly good and valid thing to do. If you need to go and take a three month break and literally not pick up a single thing related Mm -hmm. to LARPing, and that's, what's going to recharge your battery going into the next season and make you excited Mm -hmm. to want to go and go back out there. Yeah. Do that. If you're someone, if you're someone who needs to do something like I'm, I'm this way, I need to constantly have something to do with my hands. I get mm-hmm. bored and at like LARPing is an outlet for me to be creative and it gives me excuses mm-hmm. to learn new skills. And so the off season for me is a time of learning. I watch a lot of videos, a lot yep. of tutorials, and then I will pick around on a couple of things. Like one of the ones I'm working on right now is a, uh, it's a torch essentially. That is a PVC torch, leather wrapped, mm-hmm. um, but it uses a uh, a highway flare huh. as your light right and so like that's i've watched two or three videos on it and i'm gonna make one or two and then i'm probably not gonna be happy with mm-hmm. the first one so i'm gonna make another one here and then so that way by the time the events start back up i've got a new skill and you know i've got something cool to bring out to the yep. event and you know that for me that's what refills mm-hmm. my cup find the thing that refills your cup yeah. and do that and- especially like i said like i was always stuck in the crafting circle like having to plan for for every single event of the year it's like all right i'm gonna have to make like dedicate this many tens hundreds of hours for like this event and this Mm -hmm. event this event and um like taking this time in kind of the quote-unquote off season to make something for yourself can go a long way but i know that's going to be a hard thing for a lot of people but like at the end of the day like you have permission to make something for yourself <laughs> uh man i wish i could tell myself yep. that like years in the past always thing is like oh you gotta pop out something for the next person the next person that person um but no you're you're definitely allowed to make something for yourself and make something that you enjoy and be able to like enjoy your own mm-hmm. craft and not just have to make it for other people. And I think that can go a long way for one, just your general self-worth, but also like your, your, your mental health and thing is like, Oh, I made this for myself and I like it and I can finally enjoy it mm-hmm. instead of like people. Oh, what have you made? Oh, I make woodworking stuff. Oh, what do you have in your house? Nothing. <laughs> so it, it can be nice. I'm going to, I'm going to go grab, I'm going to go okay. grab something real quick. Uh, you keep, yeah, for you sure. keep going um, with the, with your point. So I'll like right being able to like make something for yourself and be able to look at it and be like very proud of kind of what you did and actually be able to utilize that craft, man, it just, it just goes so long or go so far for your own mental health and your own, like the kind of what I'm saying is like self-worth and the ability to enjoy what you've done for yourself. Um, it's hard. And maybe during the winter, especially whenever we have the 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 winter time bad feels to be able to treat yourself a little bit. So I went and I grabbed this was one of the items that I made for mm-hmm. myself 
very early on in my LARPing career. Um, it was something that I made before my skill was at masterhood level. I w- it was a, a, an yeah. early project for me. And I made it as a one-day type of project. It was like motivation for me. It sat in my room, and it was – It's you guys can see – it's a knight's mm-hmm. belt. Oh, I remember that. Which is a, <laughs> yep, which is a, you right, you can't, it's a It's a mm-hmm. goal. And so this belt was a, a first for me because it uses the the horseshoe. It slides on and off, which was the, which was a first for me. And then at the ends, it's got, you know, ammo shells down at the end for a knight's belt. I made this for myself, even though I couldn't yeah, that was wear years it. Before. I remember probably, when you made that. I mean, this, oh yeah, this, I made this. This would have been for my first or second, first or second tournament win. I mean, so this was six years, mm-hmm. five years before I got knighted. Uh, so don't feel bad about making cool stuff yep. for you. <laughs> right? Like if you would like for me that sat mm-hmm. in my office and every time I was crafting, I saw it and it was that motivation mm-hmm. for me. Could could be something that could maybe help you if you're in that burnout type of phase make something that's gonna help remind yeah, you what the just goal big is big time ch- like changing the paradigm and honestly the reverse can be true if like if you only make stuff for yourself um which doesn't seem to be the case mm-hmm. with most crafters but we'll say you only make things for yourself you can take the same that or this little bit quote-unquote downtime to just make a couple gifts for your friends um something just to get out of your mm-hmm. your routine and be able to I don't know, spark a little bit more joy in whatever you do um, you know, that's a leadership or, or something, yeah. something else completely. However you engage in the game, like just switching it up a little bit. Um, I think it's more appropriate to say, do something for yourself. Cause that seems like us as a whole in this kind of community definitely pour out more than we kind of pour inward. Um, so like taking that time to, to treat yourself can be pretty good. 100%. I agree. Well, Sir Lotso, do you have any other last topics that you can think of that our listeners should be doing during the offseason? Um, that's a good question. Uh, so this is LARPing or Ren Fair or your board game group, your D&D group, um, any, any sort of, I mean, it could be your softball team. doesn't really matter. Um, now in this kind of little, a little bit lull phase is a great time to enjoy your friend's company outside of the specific hobby that you're trying to think that just kind of spitballing, mm. um, calling up a friend's like, Hey, let's, let's go to Wendy's or go to Cheddar's or whatever restaurants you have in kind of your area of the country. Um, like sharing a meal with someone's always fantastic. That's a great way to build community. Instead of just doing park days, like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's go out in our normal clothes hang out and just talk about normal stuff as opposed to just what happened um, within the game. And of course you're going to talk about your, your shared hobby, but being able to have those kind of communal experiences outside of just the context of the game can be really life giving. You can kind of figure out that there's mm-hmm. a connection in some ways that you wouldn't have necessarily even realized with people just battle gaming with them each week. Um, so being able to find community with your, your friends and your groups outside of strictly whatever LARP or nerd community that you're a part of right now, I think it's a big plus. And it's a, it's a good time to get out of the house whenever things can be a little bit colder and harder to do and just being around people. Mm-hmm. 
100%. I think that's a, a great piece of advice because it, for me, as a, I'm a social mm-hmm. person, uh, going and just hanging out with my friends is a huge thing during the off season because I miss my friends when I don't get to see them yep. three times a week or however often we normally fight. So it's a good point. I would say my last little uh, bit of advice for the what what should you be doing mm-hmm. in your off season? Uh, you should be watching this channel and other channels like it. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe. Shameless, uh, but but for real, I know, I know, for real though. Like go go and find uh, YouTube videos, tutorials, um, those type of things. At least for me, that that's huge in my off time. It keeps me busy. It helps me mm-hmm. stay focused on what I'm doing. Um, Go and go and just consume as much content as you want to, and uh, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. good. So, with that, uh, we will bring episode four of a night's respite mm-hmm. to a close. Um, if you like this content, please hit that like button. It does help out a ton. Leave us a comment down below. We do uh, make sure we read all of those comments. So, if you have any ideas for mm-hmm. episodes you'd like to see, uh, throw those down in the comment. Uh, we did get uh, who. We did get a viewer uh, who went through and gave us like four or five good topics. Um, So we're a couple of those. I think we are going to make into uh, videos here coming up. Um, So leave those comments down in the description below. Hope you all enjoyed this. Have a good week. I'm St. Godric. That's Sir Lao Tzu. See you next time.